hello, and broadcasting from, from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor. It's the Brian and Vinny show. show. Yeah, but we don't have the stick sounding like music that a listener like created for yeah, us. Yeah. Dude, they they seem to have like one of the best, like Brian and Vinny. Like I don't know. Well, which one? They have a couple different like songs they've cycled through. Yeah, but I'm talking about them recently, where like listeners complain about like their like their intro music for the show, and they had listeners like turn in like. Turn oh, they in. brought that back. Oh, I gotta show you the freaking like. Like, their like Thursday show is so good. Like they have that music. Let me first introduce us. Yeah, listeners, welcome back to the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Edward, what's good? What's on the lineup on tonight's show? Hey, everybody, it's or today's Edward. show. It's a day, right? Whatever now. part of the day it's that afternoon. you listen to. It's it's the twilight of the afternoon for us. For I, us, I don't know what you listeners right will now. be at. So uh, we've got a good show for you here tonight, as usual. I think we've got the uh, we've got hot or not, of course. With uh, I don't know what the fuck we're doing because I thought. I knew what we were doing, but then it's like, I don't know if that's what Jake said, but well, okay. Jake sent me a hot or not. So, okay, we're doing what Jake's making us do. Okay, so sorry, not your suggestion, oh my, but it makes sense anyway. So, and then we've got our classic album review with The Who's like 14th double album, uh, Quadrophenia. It's not a it's not their 14th, but it's another double album and it's another rock opera. Uh, so we've got that, and then we've got season two of. No, episode two of season five of the Stone Cold season of Tough Enough as your mama main event. But yes, while we'll, if anyone that listens to our rants during the intro of the show, here's the music for that one podcast talk about just ag- from the figure four online studio. Ow, ow, bass boosted. Bothell, Washington, exclusively. Sorry, I had a peeking. You're listening to the Brian and Vinny show with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and, and Big Vinny V and Craig. Brian, <laughs> Brian and along with Granny and Craig and sometimes other people. Wrestling, tell me who and what's happening. 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 Is this from a Rocky movie? No, this is so No, unmanaged. I know, I know. It sounds like it should be a Rocky montage. That bloke on the outside. Tell them that they're paid by a con. That's usually a fun start for mine. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that's that. That's pretty good. I, I don't know if our intro's as good as that, but that's pretty oh, good. Not even fucking close. James and Edward yell about stupid bullshit. I don't know. I don't think it's stupid, but. Yeah, but we don't have a theme song as good as that. So one. I actually have a story this week, sort Shoot. of a story. Uh, I saw also listeners. There's timestamps if you ever just want to jump ahead to anything yes. you want to listen to. That should be our. That's going to be our T-shirt. Crack it with a cool one. Uh, I saw Smashing Pumpkins last night. They came to Santa Barbara Bowl. Bowl. Damn, you travel for like damn. That was last night. Yeah, I requested the day off. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was really, you know what? I'll I tell was you. seeing Billy Corgan's bald head. Oh, dude. We had kind of nosebleed seats, but bro, you could see that chrome dome from the stars, dog. And you know what? They're a really fun show. Hey, yo, Billy, how's the NWA going? <laughs> I actually wanted to shout that, but I kept forgetting to. I wanted to be like, I love what you're doing with the NWA. I should have started a chant like, like, um, 
I should have started like a wrestling champ, but yeah, no, it was really cool. A lot of fun. Um, the opening band was really interesting. They're a band called Bones UK. I think you'd like them. They're these, um, they're the, they're these gals and, um, uh, they play like a mixture of like, kind of like, you know, um, it's kind of like just good, like hard, like rock, rock and roll, but they throw in some electronic bits too here and they're hard to describe, but they're called Bones UK. They're a newer band. And I really got a kick out of them. Um, there was some highlights to be sure from the Smashing Pumpkins show. Uh, one of them being there was a guy behind me the entire show who liked to uh, yell uh, a couple random things to show he enjoyed the show. For instance, one of his fuck you, baby cock. <laughs> was he like yelling shit like that? No, this guy. This was a guy who after. Uh, songs or after like I don't know let's say Billy or James Eha uh ripped a cool solo or something uh he would I came in my pants <laughs> that he would say something like he he would say something like just like that <laughs> no just that just like that but his fa- uh he said yeah a, yeah just like that you see that yeah you I'm looking at you big guy in front of me you see that you hear that He's like just, just like, like that. that and he'd be like turn it up <coughs> so turn it's gotta, it up so it's gotta be those I assholes I came in my pants so it's gotta be those assholes so turn it up my favorite thing he said though for some <sighs> Two reason pairs of pants yeah for some reason this guy loved to for no reason go it's your birthday what <laughs> Wait, wait, what? <laughs> no, just that. That's fucking random. You're like, yeah! It's your birthday! It's your birthday! <laughs> At one point, he apologized to the to the dude in, in, sitting next to me in front of me. He's like, hey, man, I was, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be annoying, but I fucked up having a good time. And the guy's like, yeah, so who is it your birthday? He's like, no, it's no one's birthday. That's the point. It's your birthday! <laughs> The, what the best part of that it's your birthday one of the best parts of that show was uh they started doing this song i didn't recognize the smashing pumpkins that this oh heavy, what they had this heavy riff you going yourself a fucking fan well no i'm getting there they Ugh. they had this heavy riff going it was really cool it's like bam 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 do do and then you know the bass is going it's whatever and then all of a sudden uh billy steps up to the mic and then he goes you may find yourself i'm like what yeah, they, they did this like really like heavy cover of uh, Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. You know the one, right? Where it's like, um, you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. That song. Huh. That was really cool. That sounds interesting. But yeah, good show. Glad I saw them. You guys should see Smashing Pumpkins. They're going to be back here some other day with Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction's a that band. Sounds that sounds very I'll, 90s. Yeah. Jane's Addiction is a band that I've heard a lot about, a lot of people love, and I'm sure Dave Navarro's a cool guy. But is he? Well. He's cool enough to host the porn awards like twice. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was cool. That was uh that was pretty much uh that was pretty much it. Uh the only thing I did pretty much was uh, I got I got my stuff mostly done this week. So I just woke up. Uh, chilled and played Spyro and then it came over here. This was very cute. Fuck. My week on the other hand was one at work when uh, my co-workers are going on a vacation. I feel oh, like they need no. they're one of, the, one of the workers that's like you know what I feel like you need a vacation. Okay. Hopefully that vacation treats you well as he goes down to Cabo. 
But he's only gone for the week, so we'll get it back. But, so my week was a little busy at work. But mostly it was just like two days or like little where the jobs were very long and took basically all fucking day to do. And yeah, I'm about to do the story. Like Edward has heard this one like the day. Okay, I thought this was. Yes. But there was this one fucking guy where we promised he has a like I work with an Internet company doing network engineering and stuff. And we were going to set up a relay system so that we can get Internet into this one guest house. And when we like first like like scheduled it, we were gonna like, all right, this is a little, it looks like it'd be a long job. Let's get two people out here. Day of, the company I work for is kind of small, so the technician that would have been with me, he had to go run off and do tower work because there were towers that were down. So that would mean like you know a decent amount of customers would be have their internet off. So he had to go emergency do emergency go do that work. But. So that left me alone to do this job. And this job was a little tough because at one moment when I tried to install this one device, it was kind of fucking up his internet service. So I eventually had to nix that and then try to do something, try to use something else, which that worked. And thank God. But the job was taking a very long time because when his internet was down, I was trying to do a lot of diagnostic works and it was being a little, it was kind of tough. And then this guy was going like, huh? So the dish up there looks on. Uh, do you got a new dish or new equipment you get me sorry we would have to do some tower on the work first like when it works it works perfectly fine it's just right now there's something that's like going on the new stuff yeah but you can see the guy right there that, that he's got looks like he got something brand newer well bad service bad service and then when i'm like trying to do the job and i'm like damn this is going long and then like friend he was like sitting there i was like hey so yeah how much longer do you think it'll be i don't know it's taking a minute i'm only one guy He's like, oh, you said there'd be two guys. Yeah, but my guy had to go run off and do tower work. No, but he said there'd be two guys. No, no, bad service, bad service. <laughs> I was just like, homie, fuck you for a year. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, I, I didn't actually say this. This is like my internal dialogue. I'm like, dude, this fucking guy. It's like, yes, we did say we could have two people out here, but there's things called emergency. Like we had to do by other guy I had to go run off and do an emergency job. For those at home that might not know, what would uh, why would uh, why would people being uh, t- uh, pulled away for tower work be necessary? Well, if a tower is down, that means a decent amount of pe- like a bunch of people's Internet will be down. Yes. And I think it was like one of the major towers, too. So there was like a total just kind of mess going on that day. Like eventually got fixed out. Thank God. But. Yeah. But this guy's like... But this like, oh, no, but you said there'd be two people out here. Yeah, but my guy's like, oh, no, bad service, bad service. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm trying to, like, do, like, a nice, good job. And it's like, I'm trying to go as best I can. And there's the, there's a battle between fast... And doing it right. And just doing it good and right. Yes. <laughs> Which I was on that line. I'm, like, leaning on that Ryan of doing a good job. I didn't do everything perfectly right. Like, there would have been, like, these teeny little stuff I would have switched out. But once I got, like, once I got to the point where I, like, spliced the new cable into the, like, existing old cable that was running under the house, I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm just going to clean up. I'm going to make sure internet works. Oh, hey, like, internet's working fine. Yeah. I'm fucking out of here. Because I also then told a guy, I was like, because when he asked me around, like, kind of, like, 2.30 or 3, he was like, how much longer? It's like, honestly, it might take me till 5. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Because I think he had it somewhere to be. And I didn't want the job to be longer, but this guy was kind of being fucking annoying. And I don't know him like coming off annoying me. I might have been a little bit more standoffish where I was straightforward. I was just like trying to just hammer it through. But once I hammered it through, had him sign paperwork. I only charged him like two hours later because it should have been a two hour job. Yeah. But 
Like when I finally got to actually doing the work that I was supposed to do, not like trying to like figure out, wait, why is the, his internet now down? Yeah. Then it was like, we can get the ball rolling. But yeah, that's what mostly like took a minute. And I like, did fuck this guy. He just sent her, was like, Your exact words to me and good friend Dylan yesterday was you wanted to slap that dude. <laughs> like metaphorically, I want to slap that dude or just like freaking like verbally bitch slap and go like, hey, you're one guy. We have multiple people that has their internet down right now because yeah. one of our towers are being weird. The needs of the few do not outweigh the needs of the many, homie. Yeah, the the, the needs of you does not yeah, outweigh yeah. the needs of the many. And we're talking, like you said, and a, you're not a even couple use, hundred. And here's the thing. He's not even using the spot. This is just a vacation home. Oh, wait, what? I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, too. I'm like literally <laughs> sitting out there because he's like sitting there. It's like he was also trying to tell me. He's like, oh, yeah, well, there's Starlink. And it's like, yeah, well, Starlink still like needs to get satellite up and satellites up in the air so that they can have internet coverage you know throughout all the day starlink basically it's like you can get gigs worth of internet but there are certain parts of the day when the sat when the satellites aren't around your internet's down until eventually satellite satellites come back around but you get gigs worth yeah like gigs worth of your internet and it's pricey and also the equipment you have to buy it and install it yourself there's not technicians that do it maybe not yet i don't know what's up with that starlink is Slowly trying to do their thing. Yeah, like, yeah. literally, I watched them launch a rocket from Vandenberg yesterday. And st- oh, yeah, we saw, the, we saw the smoke trails from that at my house. Yeah, yeah, I was just at work, and my co-worker's like, hey, you want to watch a rocket launch? I'm like, I'm sore, I guess. <laughs> I was like, I don't give a fuck. But I'm like, okay, maybe watching a rocket launch might be cool. Was and it I was cool? like, pseudo cool. Now I'm going to go back in my chair and watch uh, Wrestling Regret review the first season of Hogan's Knows Best. (laughs) Which I'm like, uh, which I was like, dude, like, because then like yesterday I was just like, I had to do a lot of like digging trenching work, which I don't do on the regular. So it's like after a good day of that and a nice warm heat of like 90 degree weather, you're like, huh. Like obviously, like our day (laughs) ended pretty early. Like I was only digging for like maybe three hours. Then once we got the cement peeps to come in and fill in cement for a new tower, we kind of were just like, fuck this. We we don't want to do much else. Let's just call it a day. It's Friday. Yeah, fuck yeah. everything. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I don't want to do shit. Fair this has kind of been a long week. It was like, we still got a little bit of hand trenching. But hey, let's just make the guy that's at Cabo right now when he comes back. We'll just have him like do like some of this. Share the load. Yeah, man. But shitty, yeah, no, fuck that guy. Day. Yeah, I was say, no, shitty day. That you know, guy sucks. You know, it's like, bus service, bus service. Bro, I don't have fucking phone service out here. Yeah. But that's the thing, too. I don't have phone service, so I had to emergency throw up another fucking antenna to connect to a tower so I can talk to fucking my engineer, which even then, I think she's stressing because the other towers are down. It was a messy day. But this guy's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 bus service, bus service. So I was like, do I sit here and try to explain everything to him? Or do I just get this job done? And I'm like, oh, well. And then it's like. That's really all you can do. And then walk do. away from the job. I'm like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I'll just even put a note. It's like, low key, fuck this guy. Yeah. Because I even sit there. It's like, well, I can maybe go to someone else. Maybe one of your competitors. I'm like, I could also bitch. I'm like, dude, our competitors aren't doing this bullshit relay system. Yeah. They would just make you put another antenna on that house and pay two different accounts. Yeah. You're like, basically, like, what. Like, we do this extra bullshit for some god reason. I don't know. Maybe that's what makes our company. Or this little internet company I work for very special. Yeah. Five-star company. No, it's like three and a half or something. Oh, okay. They really want the Yelp reviews that get better. <laughs> but real internet's a bitch. Yeah. Here's the thing. When internet works great, no one complains. Nope. They enjoy it. But when it's down, 
And it's kind of, when it's like harsh and shitty, then they bitch. Oh yeah, bitch and moan and actually write bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Those are usually people that go out and write reviews. Yeah, usually the people that are satisfied don't do write bad reviews. Nope. Maybe you could create a, bu- a couple of burner emails and artificially inflate you with some five stars. I don't know. We'll see. Bump you up to four. <laughs> no, the funniest is like I saw a fucking trouble ticket where someone's like, "Huh, my internet's been getting very worse of lately." I did a speed test and I only got 4.4 megs of download. They're on a five by five plan. That's basically oh their full God. bandwidth. It's what like the fuck. My internet's been slow. Most of the time in these situations, people get these fucking most likely get a smart TV and it's like a bitch to operate and they always are on the cheap internet program and it does not work at work the best. Yeah, yeah. And it's like here's the thing, it's kind of cheap. Low key. It's like 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 it's like I think any of our plans are cheaper than Spectrum's like cheapest plan maybe I don't know what the cheapest Spectrum plan is I would have to go do a quick Google search on that one yeah but fucking yeah I know internet like rural internet can be kind of messy sometimes and sometimes when it works great cool but when it doesn't oh shit <laughs> I think that's with anything <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough but yeah no this guy was just kind of being dumb. Because he just like bought this. I bought a new house and I got, and it's like, I have this <laughs> I whole new house. I set up this whole new house and have this whole huge internal network going. And I'm like, okay, I only know, I need to figure out what's our stuff. And you make us do this whole relay run because you don't want to do two separate accounts or the right. guest house and stuff. But he's in a spot too where the tower needs to get updated. <laughs> but of we're, course it does. Yeah, but we're a very small company, only like 13 people. So. Only yeah. so many of us can run around and do shit throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. Bastard. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Hot or not, start the show. Get in the festivities. Fuck. Well, listeners, let me get Jake up, and he'll tell you what we are listening to today. What's up, Jake? So, Ed Boy kind of alluded to it, but I don't think that there's anything that could be bigger or more debated this week than the return of MCR after almost a decade. So, yeah, I figured I'd punish you guys, make you listen to a six-minute... Did you mean punish me? Zeppelin song. See what you guys think of it. Uh, I got my opinions on it, but who the fuck am I? This is your guys' podcast, so is it hot or is it not? The Foundations of Decay. The song is six minutes? I guess so. Why did Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin... Fuck. Why did My Chemical Romance write a six-minute song? I thought you listened to this song. What? No. I was going to... I didn't listen to it. I just saw that they released it. Wait, what? What? What's going on? No, no, I'm just going. No, I'm going what, what, to your comment. Yeah, I saw they released it, but I didn't listen to it. Why do I listen to it ahead of the show? I don't know. Just to listen to it? Nah, dog. What? You don't just like, oh, hey, cool new music. I want to listen to that. Well, this specifically, I had a feeling we would do it on the show. So I'm like, I'm going to wait and listen to it with James. All right. Well, let me get the fucking track up. Yeah, no, new MCR. 
I don't know. You, no, tell me how much My Chemical Ram- Romance that you listen to. I really don't listen to My Chemical Romance. Uh, Black Parade and some singles. I was one of those people where uh, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, music folks out there. They're like, oh my god, I hate Chemical Rom My Chemical Romance, but Black Parade was a pretty good album. And yeah, that was me. Um, I never, you know, even when I got older and I realized, you know what, pop punk's all right. I never actually really went back and listened to like most of my chemical stuff again mostly their big songs and singles so I, I think they're all right clearly they're better musicians than their early stuff would suggest as blackberry points out uh so yeah i'm interested to see what they do all right let's listen to it. the song is called the foundations of decay sounds serious why are you guys so serious that's such a like and yes. RC dark name and yes there's ambient sounds for this track it's atmosphere yes now, Jake said that this song gave him Led Zeppelin vibes. I don't know. It's fucking six minutes. I like pseudo listened to it when my boy Finn McKenty reviewed it ish for his like Is Twitch that stream. Punk Rock NBA? Yeah. Okay. Punk Rock NBA guy like reviewed it for his stream, but I also was like watched it early in the morning and I crashed back out. <laughs> I just like a soothing, like shit talking voice. Soothing shit talking. I like that. I like the ambiance. I guess this is kind of Zeppelin-y here. This feels vaguely Beatles more than Zeppelin. I had that vibe too. I don't know. Like Abbey Road White Album Beatles. Well, I'm sure MCR listens to the Beatles. Oh, yeah. So weird to hear draw uh You want me to turn well No no you're good you're good Well it feels very big It does feel very big But the vocal mix is very in the back Yeah I thought it was maybe just my headphones but no. yeah And they threw a lot of reverb on it. Oh, decay. They threw a lot of reverb on his voice, too. So uh, that and then the kind of muddy mix on the vocals. I can't really get a... Like, dis, uh, distinguishing the words. Oh, no. <laughs> what will you do? Well, I pay, I pay attention to vocals. Like, the words, I mean. Yeah, I know. I say I do not. You said that since high school, and I still like, do. Bro, who you, 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 bro? Who gives a fuck about lyrics? All I care about is the riff. Just give me just tasty riffs, or just the vibe. Yeah, man. Uh, oh damn, the sparkling yerba mate is making me very burpy over here. Yo, the where's this cashmere thing that like Jake told us earlier? No, yeah, has this felt Zeppelin-y to you? Honestly, not really. Yeah, what is this uh? Now maybe I'm a little biased because we've listened to every Zeppelin album, but Yeah, we've listened to all of Zeppelin recently, so yeah. we might have a little bit more of fucking The kick pedal keeps opinion. throwing the kick pedal keeps throwing me off just because it's like a bum 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 bum, but it, 
Das sonst keiner. Hm. Okay. Ah. Oh, It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Yeah, just like that. Ah, oh, I came in my pants. Yo, fuck you, baby cock. I feel bad for people that didn't listen to the first 10 minutes of the podcast now. Sorry, I'm just... I like this bridge. Is this the cashmere part? It's vaguely. Because that is the cashmere riff. I could say this. This is not a pop punk song. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like a rock song. Here's the thing, but like, was it Black Parade kind of like... Queen like rock and roll. It got comparisons to Queen, White Album, Pink Floyd's The Wall, because it's a rock opera. So. (laughs) Fucking rock operas. Yeah, other than the vocal mix, I don't really have too many complaints on the production. Maybe a little too much reverb, because there's no way they recorded this in a big room. Yeah, I know. When was the last time My Chemical Romance dropped a track? Like nine years? Old Gerard still has his uh, still has his voice. Oh, hey, what's like the one like friggin' Actually, there's vocals on that one part. Yeah. Eight years. Their last song dropped in 2014. Feedback, 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 feedback. Ooh, look at how noisy we are. I got the gist of it. So yeah, that was the new My Chemical Romance. What'd you think about it? I have a feeling you have a little bit more valid opinion. More like, <laughs> what's the word? Like, you feel you might have experienced, a little Experienced, expertise, smart, intelligent, handsome. No, I'm just yes. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I like it. It's very different from them. Um... I like that we are in a world now where pop punk musicians realize, hey, we can actually but be is musicians MCR, now. Is MCR actually pop punk? Their old stuff was, yeah. Are you, are you oh, sure? Well, yeah, dude. I mean, fucking are like, you sure? yeah, dude. Freaking. Sure? Um, uh, name me what, the what, song. What, name me the song. What, well, I don't remember the only song that I really, one of their only singles I really remember was uh, was I'm not okay. I can't remember which song album that was off of. Uh, I'm on their wiki page right now. I think I'm yeah okay yeah. Don't you remember this album cover? Yeah, what up with that? Yeah, three cheers for sweet revenge. It's a pop punk. It's a pop punk classic. Although to be honest, uh, my chemical romance is, in my opinion, they were more emo than pop punk. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like, well, and wouldn't this just be more mall emo than pop punk? Well, yeah, but to a lot of people, emo and pop punk are the same thing. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, you know. But yeah, wrong. but the, but the song, especially the song, especially the song uh, Helena, that's considered don't a pop work. punk classic. But honestly, I think the song's all right. Uh, the, yeah, I thought the song was all right. I uh, I vibed. I dug it. Uh, good job, guys. I'll give it a I'll give it a hot. I did have some issues with some production, but uh, you know that's just. Uh, that's just how it goes. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be the only ones complaining about, like, huh, the production seems weird. Yeah. But for me, I thought the song was all right. Yeah. I didn't thought it was, like, this is super killer. And I feel like I'm, like, it's one of those all rights where it's, like, yeah, the song's good. But I'm, like, if I was going to give it a hot, would I? And I'm, like. You don't think so? I'm going to give it a not. But not, like, an anti, like, not. Just, like, it's just, like, I'm not just going to give it a hot. I don't see it lighting my world on fire. Uh, I, I like the uh, I like I like the uh, I like the soundscapes it was making. I like the uh, the instrumentation. I liked uh, uh, the song felt kind of. Uh, uh, I liked how dark and moody it felt. You know, it was. Um, I just really I just really dug its vibe. And again, I, I thought the music like genuinely uh, sounded cool. I like that bridge of theirs. It's uh, it was a good song. Like the bridge uh, was interesting, but I'm like, dude, that was six which minutes. Which I guess is, which I guess is the cashmere part. Yeah, I was like, I don't see how it was Zeppelin-y, Jake, because he was trying to say it sounded like zeppelin I don't know, kind of sound Beatles-esque when I first heard it. Yeah, I heard way more Beatles than Zeppelin. But I'm just sitting there, I was like, eh, I want more energy right now. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, nah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to castrate me. You MCR fans. <laughs> well, I don't really know what our fan base is, so Neither I don't do know, I, so so I don't I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if you know if if, if people are going to be like you know to fuck James or they'll be like yeah fuck yeah James we hate pop punk metal dude metal but I'm like I wouldn't call MCR a pop punk band though you're getting hung up on subgenres yeah again. I know I am going to get hung up on it <laughs> but either way I'm not going to give it a knock because I was like you know it's good and it's all right but I don't feel like you know I don't feel like it's hot though I mean you know there's times where I'm like if it's in the middle it's like okay do I give this a hot or give this a not. If I'm going to, like, that's, like, the thing there, I'm like, I just kind of, I would listen to it, and I'm like, low-key, I just kind of just didn't care. <laughs> no, that's fair. And like, hey, it's good, it's good. And hey, you know, this podcast has two people, so it's okay that we have two different opinions. All right, let me get the timestamp for the night, for the friggin' C.A.R. Yeah, dude. All right, time for the C.A.R. My dude, what did we listen to this week? We listened to The Who's, like, sixth album called Quadrophenia, or Quadrophenia. Another fucking rock opera. <laughs> Composed entirely by Pete Townsend this time. Wikipedia was sure to note that uh, he wrote all the music. All he wrote the all of it? All the songs. He wrote all of it? He wrote all of it, it said. Huh. And clearly he likes this album enough to do it, and he did an entire, like, uh, orchestra album tour for it in later years. What? So... Uh, okay. that's pretty much the only like trivia I have just, yeah, he was, he was, uh, you know, he threw this album together and he's like, oi mates, this is our new album. Oi like, mates, oh, okay. uh, we have a new album. I've worked on this. It's <laughs> okay. What version did you listen to? Did you listen to a version that had 17 songs? Well, Spotify didn't have a version with just 17 songs, but I had the no, Wikipedia just, page handy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I yes, I the 17 version. Yeah, yeah. So you did do like 17 songs. Yes. Because there was like two on like Spotify. There's the Quadrophenia motion picture soundtrack, and then there's just Quadrophenia. And I'm that like, was the one I did. Yeah, I think that the one the super is, deluxe where I was like, all right, this I feel like looks a little bit more accurate to Wikipedia, and yeah. by that I was like, what's the last song on the album? Yeah, I think the sound. And I look at back and forth. I'm like, all right, the super deluxe. If I was to listen to the album, how it was, seems to be more correct. 
Because once it hits the demo songs, then I can quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, I have the Quadrophenia like our soundtrack thing pulled up here, and uh, on top of there being some songs that just straight up aren't on the album, uh, the ones that are on the album, a lot of them are in a different order. So, all right, let's get to it. All right, well, song one. So what track. You think? So track one is called "I Am the Sea." I am the sea. It's really ambient. You hear like rushing water and like nautical shit in the background. I threw this on. I'm like, oh shit, is this Burzum? No, it's not Burzum. And that's not Burzum either. No, it's not. So then you hear someone singing in the background and um, I, and I'm just like, oh man, is this, is this album going to be just one big pretentious art piece? But then it leads it uh, right in the song two, which is called The Real Me. Uh, I lumped these two together because the first track's about a, a couple minutes or so, but it's not really a song. It's pretty much just an intro to the album, so I just lumped them together. Track two, yeah, The Real Me. First off, production on this record, super good, super clean. You can hear everything, which is good because Entwistle is ripping it on the bass on this track in particular. Yeah, you see that right there? That's how it's done. <laughs> I can hear the vocals on this. You can hear the vocals. I can understand the vocals. Did you want to understand the vocals? <laughs> um, and you, Well, yeah, because then I'd miss the story, and then my dad will get mad at me. And well, was your dad going into <laughs> Quadrophenia going like, son, this is another rock opera. <laughs> understand, this is a rock opera. He just said that, in his opinion, this was one of the Who's Better records. That's pretty much all he had to say about it. Okay. He wasn't too much going like... <sighs> Oh, Tommy, though. Oh, dude, on his birthday, uh, America, my dad cut a promo on us because we thought Tommy was all right. And he's like, you guys didn't get it. I think we mentioned this on the show, but you guys didn't get it. It was a rock opera. You have to understand the story. It's like, Dad, we did understand the story. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, kind of weird. And this song also has a bitch and horn section. I'm uh, Like I said, I lump both songs together. I thought this started off... Pretty good. I gave both songs together uh, in eight. All right. So for the first song, it was literally Ocean Sounds and some She Sanchies. I'm like, I don't know, five out of ten. Cool. <laughs> and then the second song, I was like, I vibe. This rocked. A light seven out of ten. Okay. So after this song ends, and I think it's Roger Daltrey goes, you know, uh, can you see the real me? 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 Can you see the real me? It goes, uh, in the tra- <laughs> it goes into track three. It's a little track. It's the title track called Quadrophenia. It's an instrumental. It's a lengthy one at about six and a half-ish minutes. Shit was good, though. Lots of big soundscapes and, like, layers. You have all these, like, strings and synths going on, but Moon's ripping it. It's If, if you like Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here album or or even other albums, there's, like, metal. This, this reminded me a bit of that. Um, I vibed hard with it. Good start. Uh, it's an eight. But uh, it's another eight from me. It's a bad jam. I really liked it. I wrote down, lol, the song is nothing but buildup. Yes, <laughs> this is literally buildup of various kinds. They would build. They would do a buildup into another buildup into another different type of sounding buildup. I gave it a five out of ten. You didn't like it? It was literally, for me, I was like, dude. Although it's I- literally all, everything here was just buildup into buildup. I'm like, this is going nowhere. You wait, it's like, you Music just went. so good, though. You were like, dude, the soundscape sounds sick. But I was like sitting there and I was like, is this going to go somewhere? Okay, you're going into... That is kind uh, of my complaint. I did it was like, It was like, okay, now you just went to something else that sounds just like build up. 
Hey, the next thing you just went into sounds like it's building up to something else. Oh, wait, you keep, you keep just pulling more different types of build up. I did have one complaint. If you need to figure out how to build up here, you can listen to Quadrophenia. I did. my That does kind of. I did have like one minor complaint about the song. It did kind of sound like to me. Uh, there was almost too much stuff. It felt like they were trying to cram a whole album into the third song of a 17-track LP. Or just like, hey, let's take every type of build-up into one song. Let's build up into another build-up. Track four is called Cut My Hair. See, if I was a cringy metal personality, I'd make a joke like, like how Metallica did. Am I right now? Yeah, am I right? <laughs> it's like me watching this video of Glenn Benton, the singer Dia's side, when he's like, Metallica. Turn the page. Really? Turn the page? You guys should, like, turn in your guitars. I made him sound worse than he am. I actually said it. But even that... Can we end the podcast? Because that almost killed me. Yeah, I know, dude. You gotta love how cringy these, like, edgelords are. And I like metal, but it's like, goddamn. But yeah, cut my... Are you sure about that? I'm a little sure of it every time. I'm a little less sure of it every time I talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe just don't talk to me. Talk to some fucking metalheads, bro. No, they're cringy. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I thought okay, so I thought this was this song was a bit of a step down from last songs. Uh the last songs. Uh the song's pretty standard for the Who. It's straightforward. There's enough sonic stuff going on in the background for me to keep it from being boring. I just know that if for some reason at the end of the song, there was a radio broadcast, which was about mod rockers and leather. And a, there was a tea kettle in the background because, OK, I guess uh, it was a very light seven for me. So for song four, I just wrote down the who don't like trends. Lol. Six out of ten. <laughs> it literally was just like, I ain't going to do this. I don't want to do that. Why is everyone doing that? And I was like. I guess the who here does not like trends. Isn't not liking trend kind of a trend though in itself? Maybe that sounds oxymoronic, but when so, you're saying oxymoronic things, I think you're falling into the oxymoron. So track five is called the punk and the Godfather. I guess a little bit of trivia. Uh, this song on the American release was named the punk meets the Godfather, which when I read that, it kind of made me think of like a crossover of like the sex pistols meeting like the Godfather, like the movie. Hey, uh, come here the, the day of my wedding with these, uh, what's up with this goofy haircut you got going on here? It's the spikes in your leather pants. What are you doing here? What's up with this, uh, fancy little pants? Uh, do, don't you see the function guy? This, Leave wait, the- wait, 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 you gotta wear a nice suit. Leave Yo, the- slick back your dome, bro. Come on, guy. Leave the guitar. Hey! Leave the guitar. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, dude, give me a box of cannolis. Hell yeah! Speaking of this song, I literally some- watched Batman, and like a dude was like, I watched it, like this one Batman movie, and literally there's a scene where like this son for a father brings him a box of cannolis. I'm like, father, I brought you a box of your favorite cannolis. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's a pretty good Father's Day you get. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, you get your father nice things, but legit, it's like if I'm sitting there and someone's like, hey, I brought you a gift. Of like your favorite cannolis, which I've had cannolis before, and they're and like great ones are fucking awesome. Oh yeah. So I'm sitting there, I was like, "Fuck, dude, a box of twelve, my son, <laughs> my son, you're done good." I will get, I will bequeath to you the family business. I bequeath to you a smile from my fucking crippled face. Aren't we talking about the who here? So some interesting lyrics from this song. There's one line where he sings, "I'm the punk in the gutter, I'm the punk with the stutter." 
and then it reprises my generation a little bit for like the bridge or something. I appreciate uh, the atmosphere the song creates with like sound effects and whatnot, and also the imagement of the image of disillusionment it paints. Looking at an interview with Pete Townsend here, he said of the song, "The hero goes to a rock concert. He queues up, pays his money, and he decides he's going to see the stars backstage as they come on, come out the stage door. And one of them comes up and says, "Fuck off!" And he suddenly realizes there's nothing happening. There's nothing really happening in rock and roll. And I vibed with that. Um. And gave it a, I gave it another seven, kind of a low seven, I'll admit, but I gave it another seven. All right, so for track five, track five, the punk and the Godfather. Well, I know this here. I thought the news bits about the rockers. Oh, London's been having a huge issue with the with, rockers with, going with mod rockers and leather, mod rockers and leather running around. And I was like, then it goes into the song, and I was like, okay, this wasn't bad. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Track six is called. Uh, I'm one, parentheses, at least. Tis a folky boy. Some of that vaguely Bob Dylan shit. Some some of that, it's not actually Bob Dylan, but it sounds like what Bob Dylan sounds like if someone was trying to explain to you what Bob Dylan sounds like kind of shit. Hmm. I didn't have much to say about the song, but it's fine. Six out of ten. It was a nice listen. Yeah, so for song six, I wrote down, I'm the one. Wasn't bad. A light six out of ten. <laughs> Never lose that sense of brevity, James. Damn right. Track seven is called The Dirty Jobs. By the numbers, rock song. Nothing really to add, just that it's filler. The filler didn't insult me, but it's filler. Six out of ten. You know, I wrote a bit here for the intro to talking about this album. I wrote here, you ever heard that term peaks and valleys? This album was kind of like a couple peaks and then a lot of valleys. And I and this is the part where we're in the valley for me. Mm. Oh, yeah, so for song seven, like in the beginning, this was okay, but it turns out kind of fun in the end. This this seemed like a total Beatles ripoff. Total six out of ten. <laughs> All right, song eight is called "Helpless Dancer" (parentheses Rogers theme), or as Wikipedia says, uh, "Helpless Dancer" (parentheses Rogers theme) brackets includes the intro to "The Kids Are All Right" from My Generation (brackets parentheses). The, vo- the pianos and vocals... It's- no, they're going big brain, referencing bits of songs from, like, past records. Woo! They're create. They're establishing a narrative. You mean the you mean Pete Townsend? Pete static. Townsend is establishing a narrative. Yes. So this song is mostly pianos with vocals and strings. And then, yeah, at the end of the song, the first bit... It sounds like it's supposed to be in a club or something, because it's echoey. But, yeah, like, the opening of The Kids Are All Right uh, playing... And then it ends with someone going like, you hear, is it just me for a moment, a moment, a moment? I'm like, oh, okay. I thought the song was all right. Six out of ten. Uh, oh, song eight? Yes. For a song that didn't go nowhere, five out of ten. Oof. Track nine is called, Is It In My Head? It's a vaguely proggy, key and string driven rock song. I really like the attack on guitar on this one. It's all right. It's fun. It's more of the same, but it's fine. Another six. Was it song nine? Yeah. Number nine. This song was kind of mid. A strong five out of ten. A strong five. Gotcha. A strong five. I was like, it could be a six, but I'm like, nah, you're a five. You could be a six, but you're kind of on a five. So strong five. Track ten is I've had enough. 
I thought this would be more of the same, which sure, in many ways it was, but honestly, this song had a lot going for it. Lots of interesting percussions and rhythms. Good use of banjos, too. Uh, very underutilized instrument in music. It's pretty good. I gave this one a seven. I was back on the peak. All right. Song 11? 10. 10? Yeah, I wrote down this wasn't bad. A strong six out of 10. There we go. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. We're, we're getting, getting out of this like 17 song. Like the, and this are, These are like actual, these are songs. Yeah, yeah. These aren't just little bits in between. These are seven, these 17 are songs. songs. This is a full double album. Fucking long. I swear. <laughs> that damn valley right there. But either way. <laughs> track 11 is called. Is, now we're on fucking 11. Track 11 is 515. Fun song, this one. Good horns, great piano, fun rock song. You could really shake your money maker to this you one. You could shake the money maker? Hey, guy, listen, you could shake the money maker. You could shake your money maker? Seven out of ten. Yeah, you got a whole lot of booty. <laughs> Fucking Mikkel. Yeah, oh, Mikkel. Oh, yeah, song 11. Actually, this song was pretty tight. I give it a light seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Track 12 is called Sea and Sand. Kind of more of the same. Actually, I'm just going to skip what I wrote next. Yeah, it's more of the same. It could pass for filler. It is good filler, but it is filler. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, this song was actually a big hit on uh, prog rock radio stations back in the day, and I guess still is. Okay. So, good for you guys on that one. Good for you guys. Six out of ten. No, Yo, you're going to hate me, though. I wrote down, okay, a lot of this album was being, it was just more of the same at this point. Yeah. A light six out of ten. Like, you're yeah. almost a five, but I feel like you earn enough to be a six. No, that because I gave it a six, too, so I'm with you. Track 13 is called Drowned, and ooh, baby, this is a snazzy number. It's real swell. Some period-appropriate hard rock, but some fun-like elements uh, clearly of funk influence thrown in. I like its straightforwardness. It's another six, but this one's a high six for me. I thought it was quite good. All right, so song 13. Song Organization 13. I wrote down this song. It was actually pretty tight. Yeah. A light 7 out of 10. Ooh. I know we're getting somewhere. We're getting... <laughs> album's almost over. I know. But we're getting somewhere. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Track 14 is Bellboy, parentheses, Keith's, Keith's theme. So Keith is actually the voice on here, is a voice on here. He's the... the is he, is the, he the bellboy or is he the English lad? He was the one with that super cockney accent. Oh, the super cockney accent. What are and you I, doing there? I guess he sang on choruses or something. He might sang on the choruses. <laughs> oh, look, I like Keith Moon, but some of his funny songs don't really grab me. I think the song's all right. I guess as the kids would say, this song felt hella mid hundred hundred fire emoji. Uh, the music is pretty. The music itself is pretty solid, though. But uh, so I gave it a six. So I wrote down this song was actually fun. I guess for me, with all the silly English and all, I gave it a seven out of ten. Sorry, that valley was like getting me dreaded. I'm like, wow, <laughs> the song is like actual fun. Yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. So then, track fifteen, okay, is Doctor Jimmy, the eight minute epic. Oh my god, it was fucking eight minutes. <laughs> the song is pretty dark lyrically, uh, but the song it's this this song. Felt like the it was supposed to be the end of an album, the album, but it bleeds right into the next song. I thought it was okay. They've had better, longer songs. The music is fine. Roger's on point, but it did not tickle me. Six out of ten. I just said, dude, that valley must have fucking definitely strained me because I was like sitting there. I was like, Dr. Jimmy is actually another fun one. A light seven out of ten. Now the next song, though, 
is called The Rock. No. You, you can't stop The Rock, but you but I can smell what this song is cooking. This song was I'm not going to lie. This song was really really good. I liked it a lot. I kind of wish though because it blends in so flawlessly from Dr. Jimmy that I I really feel like these probably were the same song just they split it up. I wish they actually would have had the balls to just be like, "You know what? Fuck you. 15-minute epic." <laughs> But uh, yeah, I can't really articulate it well without, you know, but uh, this this song does a lot of cool stuff and it's some of their best playing. I thought they it was really, really cool. Seven out of ten dog. So for The Rock, I was yeah. like, oh, it's time for Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> and when I first was listening to this song, it was like, dude, this is all just hype and build up. But then there's a jam in the end, so I gave it a six out of ten. It was I, good. it was literally good. It's like this is being quadrophenia all over again for me. I was just uh, and I was like, lol. It's the song's called The Rock, so all of it. I guess is my just brain build up. I guess my brain was just uh, caveman turning off. It was just like, haha, cool jam, make brain go burr. You know. Yeah. Last song is called track seventeen. Is love rain over me? O apostrophe er me. Pete's theme parentheses. Huh. The intro of this song is Well, Pete. we all just got theme songs for the band members now? <laughs> I guess. Wait, who the fuck's Pete? Pete Townsend. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Can you cut that out? No. Okay. The intro of this song is beautiful. Uh, the rain, There's rain crashing, pianos, really good stuff. It's a somber, melancholic track, but it feels big and epic. And straight up, this is some of Roger's like best singing. It's powerful. It's Powerful. Not much to say without over explaining it, but yeah, this song was really good. Good song to end the album on. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Damn. I wrote down a not halfback epic sounding song to finish this long record. <clears throat> a strong 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10? Really? I said a strong 6. Yeah, it's fair. almost a 7, but I was like, I don't know. This record, me and this record were very weird when this I was is, listening that's to That's how it. it was for me and Tommy, because I think you liked Tommy more than I did. I think I got maybe a little bit more out of Tommy. This one, I was like, fuck, a lot of this sounds more <laughs> the same. Some of these songs are fun. I'll give their credit where it's due, but I'm like, it's fucking 17 songs, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, full songs, too. Dude, would this record, you know, be better like how it was the last time, where it was like, hey, let's just do nine songs. Nine songs. It was perfect. Yeah, and with, like, have some, like, the, and, like, make sure we get the actual bangers in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, you could do a B-side, <laughs> sure, but I was like, bro, 17 songs. I literally did a hike, and I almost finished the hike, like, coming down a hill when this was over. Holy shit. I was like, this is just going on and on. Um so if you tally up my score, which I did out of a score, because I lumped the first two songs together out of a score of 160, uh, this album gets 107. I like this album. Uh, see, I it's got some pretty good scores, but I don't know if when this is all said and done, I don't know if this will be in my top three favorite Who albums, probably be in top five. But uh, yeah, I, I I really musically, I really uh, was digging on this album. Musically is like, dude, it's like it's like it's definitely prog rock. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I think some of the songs yeah. are good and they're entertaining. But then I said there were like some stuff where it's like this song's literally just build ups. Yeah, I various guess. types of build ups. I, I I'm sure you didn't catch that. Maybe if you listen to it again, you'll go either. James, you're full of bullshit. Fuck you. Then <laughs> this rules. Here you go. Huh. Wow. I was just. They sound like, yeah, buildups that go into other buildups. Yeah, it's funny. We keep talking about like more of the same and all that. The Who's next album is literally called The Who by the Numbers. 
Which, by the way, we're that's, half we're halfway through. Well, six albums pre- down, six more to go. That's kind of sketchy, though. Last time when Who like like freaking uh, you know self deprecate made joke themselves with the Who sold out. That record kind of was a little bit of a drag. It wasn't exciting coming off. I like the first that album two. more than you did, but I will admit that um, coming off the first two, yeah, it wasn't as exciting. Yeah. And now, if the Who's go like, yeah, Who by the numbers, I'm like, well, that sounds sketchy. <laughs> No. <laughs> God. Well, if this helps, it was named the 10th best album of the year in the Village Voice Paz and Jop critics poll. Okay. Who, what were the other nine albums? I don't know. We'll look that up real quick. Uh, okay. Uh, what was this? 1975? Yeah. 1975 Village. Was it the Village Post? That, no. It's, it said Paz and Jop. Paz and Jop? Yeah. Who the fuck is Paz and Jop? I don't know. What are these jabroni sounding names? Okay. Oh, I found it really quick. Sounds like James and Edward. Or Edward and James. Seriously. Or Edward James. Yeah, or Edward James. Okay, so I'm just going to do the top. Edgeward. Edgeward names. That's what I was going to say. Edgeward Munoz, bro. Sorry, someone came up with a name from him. I'm like, huh. That works a little too well for you. So there's 30 albums. I'm just going to do the top 10. So who is number 10? Nine is The Band. Eight, Bob Marley. Seven is Roxy Music. Sick is Steely Dan. Shout out to my mom. Uh, five is Neil Young. Four is Bob Dylan. Three is Bruce Springsteen. Two is Patti Smith. And number one is Bob Dylan. I'm sorry. Four is Bob Dylan. One is Bob Dylan and The Band. But didn't the band have their own record too on there? But I don't know if it's the band or if it's just his band and it's called the band. Like Bob Dylan and the band. Huh? What? Fleetwood Mac is number 16. Wait, which one? Uh, their self-titled album, the one before Rumors. Oh, it's not Rumors, bro. The first album, that first that first, that, that self-titled one's still really good. Oh, wait, okay, that list. What year was this again? Physical Graffiti was number 25. Wait, what? Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti was number 25 on that list. No, it was who, like, the who by the numbers better than Physical Graffiti? According to this, because it's 15 spots above it. And apparently so is... Now, what's uh, the credibility of, like, this list? It's the 1975 Paz and Job Critics Poll. I never heard of that magazine before now. I'm curious about who by the numbers. Well, here's the thing. Critics, though, in the mid-70s. Jennings. Here's the thing. Critics in the mid-70s might been a little eh on some of the prog stuff. So Let me see. Paz and Jop, annual poll, top musical releases, Village Voice, created by Robert Christgau. Yeah, I don't know. Like It kind of was like, okay, if a bunch of nerds are saying it's better than Physical Graffiti, which I'm like, you know what? The album w- was actually pretty good for a fucking double full album, double album. Yeah, yeah. Like that double album didn't kill me. That was a little bit more easier listening than this one. But maybe it was like less songs, maybe? Well, I'll say this. 1971, which I guess was the first year they did it, they actually put Who's Who's Next as a top album of the year for 1971. Is there faith that we're going to get more Killer Who albums? Because I'm scared we went through the best 19, album. Although 1977, they did give album of the year to the Sex Pistols. So I don't know what that does for you. And they've given a lot to The Clash and Elvis Costello. Hmm. I don't know. So Here's the thing about go. that Sex Pistol record. I don't know. This might say something for these dudes. Maybe they like more straightforward music. 
I yeah. guess. Here's the thing. Zeppelin's very noodly. Let's be real here. Well, yeah, we've we've mentioned that. Yeah. I, They're uh, noodly I, I think my aspect. I think my exact words were Jimmy Page is a very selfish guitar player. I think they're all selfish musicians. <laughs> Maybe the bass, unless you're the bass player. Yeah. But even then. Yeah. Lord knows John Bonham didn't know when to shut up. Uh, yeah, like Lord. his his drumming, I mean. Yeah, there's sometimes it's like, that's a little excessive. Like neither was Keith, but that's part of the who's appeal. Yeah, but yeah, but like, yeah, well, Keith, like. Keith, even, was, no, Keith was rock and roll. No, fuck it, dude. Even this, like, no, Quadrophenia, there was just so many Keith roles. Yeah. Maybe because it was a 17-song album, whereas, like, I'm getting tired of his Keith <laughs> roles right now. Maybe Keith was bored. That's why he had to. Oh, God. It was like, get more of the same. It was like, hey, beat and then... And he kind of only has, like, five or six different kinds of roles. So. We had to do that for 17 songs. Yeah. I'm telling you, the nine-song album was the best. It was. Now, so far, yeah. Who by the numbers, how many damn songs is on that? It's not as much. Let me... Uh, let me I hope to God not. Let me get back to it real quick. There is 10. There's 10 songs. How long's the run length? 37 minutes. Oh, thank God. It's literally half of this album. Oh, thank God. No, this album went like an hour. Like, it felt hour, like. Was it an hour and a half? Fuck, dude, it might have been an hour and a half. It was an hour and something. Oh, thank God. Wow. I'm actually saying this is like making me excited for the next record. Not. I was gonna actually going to ask you because I was going to ask you to be like, because I, I wasn't sure how. Uh, I feel like these these longer albums are always there's going to be a bit of hit or miss when it comes to how you take it. So I was actually going to be like, do you want a break from the who? But it looks like we're good to go for one more album. I'm good for least. one more album just to see where it goes. OK, just to see where it goes. All right. Let me get the timestamp real quick and then we'll get on our main event. All right. It's the main event time. All right. Yeah, so. No. When we last left our heroes. Yeah, when we last left our heroes on like, the season five of Tough Enough yes. with our with our host, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. What happened? So yeah, previously, we had fireworks. Yes. We had talks of opportunities. Indeed. We had some shots of spicy attitudes in the mansion. Not a lot, but and some. Then, and then we see uh, Rima running the roast with butt pads and her getting reprimanded for it. Yeah. And they- then Ariana <laughs> getting eliminated for a lack of commitment. Or it's like, yeah, I don't believe this is your new passion. You got powder puff written all over you. <laughs> yeah, they made fun of Rima for taking care of her body. I guess. And then now on today's episode, we see huge erections, splashing peeps, and attack dogs. Now the lame ass theme song for this show. I was so happy when we started episode one because I was like, ha, yes, dude, there's no shitty theme song James is going to make me try to learn. Fuck. Some people like to learn. No, no, what? No, I didn't. You don't have to do this one. Oh, see, you made me do the Bret Michaels one just because... You know, fuck you. I hated that song. Yeah, but that one was bad. I wrote the lyrics. Okay, then sing it. No. Okay. <laughs> Some pe- I totally forgot the fucking melody, so this is going to be even worse. Some people like to learn. Some people might wait their turn. They, they want to hold you back. Tell me, piss off, whatever they say, you can't take the seat. I totally forgot the fuck. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be famous. Now my dream and reality. Oh, wait, no, this is a British dude rapping. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be famous. Now my dream and reality are simultaneous. Make I'm always pushing myself to the limit, making sure I stay ahead. 
you made me who I am for the, I'm just going to cut the word. Some people live to fight. Some people give their lives. Some I was born at, this is death radio. I'm so sorry, America. Yeah, I was like, this theme song isn't worth memeing. Well, I guess you've made it worth memeing with English rapper. No, I, there is an English rapper, but no. This, well, if you curse yourself, I'm, I, you might as well commit to singing the theme song every week now. But this is, oh, I hate, oh. Can we end the podcast? Because that just killed me again. I'm good. Inside. Whatever. So now right. the show actually starts after that ass of a song. And not like Brett Michaels' ass of a song where it's like worth meme wearing and making Edward suffer. <laughs> this one's like, I don't think Edward needs to suffer. This is like a competent song, but it's also a lame song. Yeah. It almost like makes it sound like the show kind of sucks. Also, I like Brett Michaels theme. It goes on. I was like, wow, this fucking show might be a dumpster fire. I might watch this. This technically don't all like reality this, like, shows like suck. this. Like this theme was just like yeah, the the show seems kind of mid. Weird thing about the song about the opening theme credits though is that for some reason Ariane's name is in the credits. In the I, opening credits. I think they're just going to show all the contestants on the season and as each one gets eliminated. So it opens up. Eric and uh, what's her name? Michelle or something? Yeah, Michelle and Eric have returned to the pad from elimination. By, Eric realizes he's not in good shape. By the way, this episode is called uh, Five for Flinching. They sh- uh, I named this episode uh, Episode 2, Stone Cold Laughs, which you'll or see Or fucking later. Courage. That's a good one, too. So, yeah, ne- um... Eric, so Eric is like, I got this. I'll get in shape. And that's- yeah, uh, I don't think I came into this competition really prepared for the physical activities that I'm about to do. But I feel like throughout the show doing this, I will get in shape and I will be a WWE superstar. And Matt's just like, ha, no. Ha, no. So next morning. I'm Matt. So, so just like that, next morning, everyone, just like that, everyone is at daily training. Stone Cold, as I write here, looms menacingly and acts huge erection if he can borrow the ring, his ring. He addresses the kids and says, good morning. I want to talk to you guys this week about courage. In this, in this life, I think you might have to put an emphasis on courage. Okay, okay. Spoiler, people. This fucking episode is like that fucking, hey, you know the fucking like word of the day from like, you know, Pee Wee or Blues Clues? Yeah, yeah. I think the word of the day was fucking courage because they wouldn't keep The word of the day is courage. The word of the day is courage. Like how, like how in the build up for rest, the newest WrestleMania, the word of the fucking year was stupendous. Stupendous. They kept saying that. The most stupendous WrestleMania. All right, people, we're here to talk about courage. I want to talk to you guys this week about courage in this life, in this world. It takes courage every single day. It takes a lot of courage to step. Fuck, he did say courage a lot. <laughs> no fucking shit. Like, I just like, <laughs> like when you, like we talked this about is the, the opening promo. We literally talked about the show earlier in the week. And that's how much like, yeah, courage this, encourage that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going back. It's like, huh? Maybe if we didn't like mention that earlier in the week, we'd have just go like, all right, yeah, courage. But it's like, no, this whole episode. Courage. They, they Every like, other word for the first half hour, it's courage. Courage. He said it takes a lot of courage to step between these ropes. Anything can happen in this ring. I've seen I've seen people paralyzed in this ring. I've seen people die in this ring. Like, oh, oh, thanks for that, Stone Cold. Wow, you're really motivating these tough enough contenders, aren't you? I think as long as these people don't take shit. Okay, so I'm sorry. I don't mean to detract, but I've always been curious about this. Did Owen botch the pile driver or did Stone Cold botch taking the pile driver? I always forget. I think it's more of the Owen. 
Okay, because I couldn't remember. It's like doing the sit out with like Stone the Cold's, shitty. yeah, with the, like Stone Cold's head like halfway yeah. out. I was like, yeah, no. The shitty thing is when he said both of those things, my mind immediately went to Owen Hart, and I'm like, fuck, is that bad, or was that what he was referencing? Don't worry. I thought of him getting paralyzed at the Owen match too. It's pretty traumatic when you've actually seen that match. You're like, oh, dude, yeah. You're like, it's Stone Cold okay? It's like when they showed the footage of Biggie hurrying breaking his neck. I'm like, ah. God, why? So on that happy note... Yo, courage! <laughs> break your neck! So on that happy note, as Booker T says, we're going to find out which one of them has the, the courage, courage to be tough enough. Seriously. I wrote that Booker T God talks about courage. <laughs> Booker T talks about courage. So <laughs> he, he actually walks through... He's They do their daily training. He's walking them through headlocks, takedowns, some suplexes, stuff like that. Uh, he or how, I, how I put in my notes now headlock takeovers now body slams now reaction of ball now reaction is ball busting skid marks and skid marks calls them I think we're going to start calling them ball buster bill that's um it's not that clever Ryan I'm sorry that's his name Ryan uh, he's skid marks I think after that <laughs> he deserves that fucking nickname <laughs> Uh, so Booker, so then Booker's working with them on like snappiness and quickness. You know, he's like, you got to be on the attack. You got to be quick and fluid. Yeah. He like does a body slam, but then does a little bunny hop too after the body slam. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, after fucking skid bars. Trish, call, and then Trish is working with them on like adding character. I'm not going to. Okay. Dead ass. If, if you, if you told me, Hey, you get to pick two people to be your WWE trainers. I would unironically pick Trish and Booker T. I think they'd be pretty good. Uh, so, uh, so then Trish goes to Matt, the high flyer. And she's like, so what do you do? And he's like, he literally almost says word for word. I do flips and stuff. I do flips and stuff. So he wow, has very <laughs> promising. So what's your wrestling name? My name's Matt Cross. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Matt Cross? That Matt Cross. Yeah. Wow. He looks like a baby face here. Yes. This is the Matt Cross. That's like son of havoc at Lucha Underground. I'm like, yeah. wow. Now two people yeah. on Lucha Underground are in the show. I didn't know show. about that till this episode. I was like, Matt Cross. And it's like, yeah, no, like, obviously, I don't think he's ever really been in a major promotion. Like, he's been around. He's done the work. He, like, he actually really was a nine year vet. Like, literally, I had him on, like, heard him on a radio interview. He was like, yeah, I'm not really doing too much of the promotion, but I'm, like, one of the few people that I could say is, like, dude, I've, like, maybe just almost wrestled everywhere in America. I've wrestled in Alaska. Yeah. And I'm like. Really? Well, you traveled. Yeah. He's good. Good for him. Yeah. He, he looks better with the beard. <laughs> he looks what I was here. See, when I see him with the beard, he just looks like fat Matt Stryker. Not Matt Stryker. Uh, Zach. Zach. Um, Zach uh, Wild? Not Zach Wild, the wrestler. Zach, uh, no. Zach Ryder? Ryder. I, for, I forgot his real name. Adam something, I think. What? You know, the, is, isn't he? Isn't, Are you talking about the woo guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's that, Zach Ryder. Wait, oh, you mean Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. That's his name. Yeah, he looked like Matt Cardona scrunched down. <laughs> so she puts him in an exhibition match with Luke, who outshines him like you wouldn't believe, and Trish is disappointed. Man, I thought Matt would show more personality in there. He's in there, and he's quiet, and Luke is just, like, doing stuff, and it's like, I don't know. Maybe Matt should do some of his fucking, like, Son of Havoc shit, but I was like... 
he's in a weird spot. Yeah. Matt on this episode is a weird spot. And it's like, wow, I'm very disappointed. You didn't really show much out there, Matt. And it's like, well, you want to just start fucking whipping out Canadian destroyers at 450 splashes or something? Yeah, one of uh one of one of control your narrative pros uh banned moves, by the way. Which one? Canadian destroyers. Canadian destroyers. It was like Cana- they banned Canadian destroyers, Tope Suicidas, and super kicks. Yeah, we're gonna let Matt just start ripping those out. I don't know, show. So then Cena shows up. Yeah, we got Cena. <laughs> this is not Peacemaker Cena at no, all. No, this is like Almost buff this, as a cloud, Cena. Yeah, this is like fucking as buff as a cloud. <laughs> Just like straightforward 2011 Cena. This uh, is before red Cena. Red shirt Cena, too. Yeah, this is before Cena decided to learn Chinese and become fun and silly. Yeah, this is before. This, this is like. This the, is before, the, this is before the, 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 the governor of the government of China made him apologize for calling Thailand, uh, Taiwan a country. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I guess possible summer of punk Cena. When was this season? 2011? Yeah. Fuck, it would be. Yeah, because he yeah, he was red shirt during that, too. Oh, yeah. So this is red shirt Cena. Yeah, yeah. This, I'm telling you, this isn't the, like the funny like he, like the Cena's still meme worthy. This is still to me. Uh, the, the, the CM Punk era Cena is when Cena, I firmly believe, came out of some of the drought because realist, in my opinion, after Edge, oh, no, this Cena after here- Edge, he never really had a good like feud or story or enemy really until punk came around he was still on top obviously because he had the money but yeah and you had matt cross like when he sees it i was like oh my god it's john cena he's the biggest he's the biggest superstar of them all of wwe listen i love john cena but i'm pretty sure they probably told him to say that because like at least three of the tough enough people <laughs> like i it might have been matt but one of them's like he's like the person to be he's the person to be he's john like cena <laughs> this yeah. fucking muscle cloud that just walks in and so what did even stone cold puts him over he's like he's one of the greatest of all time in this company and i'm like i'm sure he means that to some degree but again i'm pretty sure they told him to say that. yeah but this is the scene before the memes yeah this was mostly the scene we this hated is, this is when uh yeah this is when like the scene for hate what the, the scene for hate the hate for cena was unironic yeah this was like for sure like this scene here is like yeah he's kind of a stiff yeah now peacemaker cena i love him like, literally, like, no, Peacemaker, Cena. Have you seen Peacemaker? It's a good show. No, like, literally, when Cena came out last year's SummerSlam, no one was doing the John Cena sucks. I noticed that. I was like, what happened? <laughs> it's Where like, did it, people go? It took, like, 20 years, but people are finally like, you know what? Fuck it. No, we I, like, we stand John Cena. We like this John Cena. <laughs> but when we see this Cena here, it's like, I kind of might remember why we didn't care for Cena a little bit. He was very straight-laced. Oh, <laughs> Maybe that's putting it too tight. Maybe that's putting it sure, too simply. I don't know. He was pretty tightly wound. He was a pretty tightly wound lace right here. He said, he said, uh, make most of every day. Don't worry about making it to the WWE. Worry about making it to tomorrow. Because if you don't make it to tomorrow, I will never see any of you ever again. I'm like, I'm sure he didn't see any of them ever again anyway. Well, I guess except um, not nah. uh, Ariane, but she wasn't on this episode. Yeah, she wasn't even there. He opens it up to some Q&A. So Big yeah, rig all, all awesome, all awesome questions. I'm yeah, like, come on, this isn't the Cena that's like trying to splash water in Fallon. And I think that was part of the problem. Cena becomes awesome in the past decade. Cena because I would, I would honestly argue again the CM Punk thing helped, but again after CM Punk was kind of in a lull. I genuinely, firmly, firmly believe once his feud with uh, Rusev happened, then he got the U.S. title, did those open challenges. From then on, I, I'm that's when I'm firmly like, you know what, Cena was was awesome again. 
But yeah, Big Rig asked him, what was the hardest thing for you to learn? And he says, the ability to have faith in myself. <laughs> Are you hearing this guy? The ability to have faith in myself. Basically to have confidence, you know. And then um, I forget who asked this next. I just I just the wrote the guy, questions rapid fire. I know, like just the same guy that was in train racks, like, I will. Did he say fuck you or rape you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was fuck you. But it's just, that's like my favorite. The movie's good. It's probably Amy Schumer's best movie. I mean, Grant, she was also working with John Cena and Bill Hader and LeBron James, who I hate as a basketball player, but he's actually kind of an entertaining guy. And yeah, he's like, he's like, I will fuck you, sir. <laughs> he said something like that. Yeah, the Cena here is like, well, and he's getting it on with Amy Schumer. He's like, she's like, you want to like try some dirty talk? He's like, yeah, all the pecker. He said something like that. And then he walks out of the bathroom and there's just a towel on his cock. And then it looks like, I don't know if his penis is really that big, but it looks like he's working with a freaking, with a freaking forearm. With a hammer. With a hammer. He got a hammer. I wonder if John Cena has Yeah, a this big, is the same guy if, here who's like, just to have courage, that faith in myself. Who do you think has- I will fuck you. <laughs> he's been doing these movies for like nine years now, but there's still so much novelty at John Cena saying bad words. Like, it'll never get old. Yeah. But yeah, then someone asked him, was there a match that you felt defined your career? And then he says, I've been asked that question a lot, and I always say the same thing every time. The next one. This is a, this is a very short attention span audience. You're only as good as what you do tomorrow. It's like, bro, I'm pucker the butt, the ass a bit, Cena. You, you can you can open them cheeks a bit. You know what I mean? So yeah, I got here some like I got meat, weed, heroin, Mexican quaaludes. <laughs> did he say, so, did, uh, didn't he say something like I can get I can get you some I can get you some Flintstone gummy bears I can get or you, something like I guess, that? I can get you those uh, Flintstone vitamin gummies. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, uh, uh, "Is there anyone you haven't worked with that you'd like to?" And he goes, "Yeah." He looks at Stone Cold. I'm like, wait, has he faced The Rock at this time? I don't remember. I think Wasn't 2011 the year that Miz main event in Mania? Oh God! The one time. Wow, <laughs> Cena was not having a good 2011. Um, yeah, he looks at Stone Cold. The So Cold last, and he goes, "Stop, stop." Rima asks, "Will you marry me?" Haha, uh-huh, no. That's literally it. But he doesn't even say that. He doesn't even play along. Just uptight Cena is like, I don't know if I can say yes to that. Ha ha ha. Well, he didn't laugh like that, but he said, he did say, I don't know if I can say yes to that. I'm like, Gina, I mean, Gina, I'm like, Rima. Cena. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, Cena. no, I'm like, Cena, unclench the cheeks, bro. Come on. He sounds a little, you can't get a pin up his ass with a jackhammer in this segment. What, what are some great peacemaker lines? Oh, fuck, dude. I haven't, uh, uh, he, he just, it's not so much lines. It's just like moments in the show. You know what I mean? Cause he has a lot of people like acting opposite of him. I don't want to spoil it. You, you just gotta watch it. Oh, well, you don't have HBO Max, do you? No. Fuck. I don't even. No. I, I had to pirate it. <laughs> oh, FBI is gonna hear this. Don't tell. See if I again. If I was a shitty Mel personality, this would be like. Don't tell Lars Ulrich. He'll sue me. <laughs> don't tell Lars Ulrich. He'll sue you. Don't tell James Gunn. Did you know he'll there's send the Guardians of the Galaxy on you? Did you know there's people? He's got John Cena and Dave Bautista. Did you know there's people? 2005 that- <laughs> WrestleMania. I walk alone. Did you know there's people? Yeah, you want to get sit down powerbomb by Batista. Did you know that there's still people that unironically hate Lars Ulrich for the Napster Keep thing? Keep Molina in a SmackDown segment. 
And Melina got mad that her plan didn't work when d getting dicked down by Big Dave. I don't know why I ever called that. I think that's one of my first memories of seeing Batista. Fuck the Monday Night Wars, bro. We should watch, we, we we should we should go through the ruthless aggression era years. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So then, um, so Rima is starstruck by Cena, and then they go into some exhibitiony things, like, uh, um, like that we see, we see, there's specifically we see Miss USA take body slams and Stone Cold laughing at her misery. <laughs> How's that feel, Miss USA? Yeah, it was like, oh, Rima's taking bumps in front of John. And then Cena leaves, and that's all we see. Of no, him. no, he like Cena hopes that he get like free. I think he said like he did. He like leave and then had a talking head. He had a talking head, and he was basically just like, uh, "I hope that these people, dude." His eyes were so bugged out. He was literally talking like this. He was like, I, I, "I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was basically like, I hope these people realize their potential, and hopefully they seize the moment.'" And have some courage. And that's, I hope they have the courage to Caesar moment. That just sounds like something he'd say. He like, literally said the word. Stock Cena from that period of time. I got, I know. Cena's come a long way. Like, bro, again, I'm a John, I'm a John Cena mark, but bro, it's pretty hard for me to defend that four year period of pretty, of pretty much post edge pre CM Punk. You can't, yeah, you can't defend the Cena here. Even I can't. Cena, I haven't, Cena's I haven't come seen a, a lot of way. it. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it in a long time, but I'm sure, and he has some good one liners now and then, but like, cause he's, he's funny, but. Anyway, so then Big Rig and Luke uh, were at the house. Everyone's drinking, and Big Rig. No, and everyone. Everyone's kind of hanging back. There's some drinks, but Big Rig and Luke are being bros, and they're going down. And they start doing Stone Cold impressions. Yeah, I think it's Luke. He's not only the most talented one of this bunch, he also has a really good Stone Cold impersonation. Yeah. Like, Big Rig just doesn't at all. Oh, and then everyone. But he does it anyway for fun. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's like, you ain't got a good Stone Cold impersonation, you son of a bitch. No, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I wrote here, this is fun. Big Rig is a people person. Yeah, him and Luke are like, oh, hey, this feels like reality goofy television right now. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't he one of the ones that like, you know, uh, after the, da the Daisy of Love crew, isn't he one of the like regulars that hangs out with everybody? No, no, because it was because because I know for a fact it was like it was like 12 pack. It was uh it was um, the I, don't dude feel, from no, I don't feel like Big Rig like gets in contact with a bunch of people, but the, I think the friggin' fuck. I think it was for sure 12 pack. It was 12 pack. It was flex. It was Cheeks. No. Cheek Chico? No. No. What the fuck was his name? Oh. Chip. Chip. It was a Chi. Chi Chi? Yeah, Chi Chi. It's right. Chi Chi is sinister and Chi Chi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Sinister and Chi Chi, I think they're the They're one. like straight up homies. Oh yeah. But yes, yeah, so then um that's happening. The next day, Mikkel is being a douchebag to Skid Marks for no well, he's so Skid Marks is writing a letter to his girlfriend and then He's like sad. He's like This has been the longest time I've been away from my like my like my girlfriend of like very long time. Yeah. And Mikkel gets like, a talking head. Like, you got a lot of booty. You don't need to do much. Oh, you like crying that you don't, you don't hang out with your girl? It's like, you know, he said that. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, this looks like a guy who is who is having his living expenses paid for by his girlfriend. Yeah. Crying that you Because he gets a talking head. And Mikkel's like, you know, skid marks is a lot like a girl. And I wrote here, ha, ha, ha. And then, yes. Yeah, wow, Mikkel kind of sucks. 
He's he's not a fun douchebag like Blontourage. I don't know. He's fun to roast. Oh, he's fun to roast because he's like so lame. He's he wasn't like the Blontourage was like I can't wait for their downfall. Yeah, this is gonna be. Gl- we might as well start. We might as well throw a pizza party once like they get eliminated. <laughs> yeah, but then unfortunately they were right because they were like because on the reunion show they're like bro the show sucked without us and it's so like it's like us. fuck the show kind of almost sucked without them. Yeah, you could go listen to our uh, season three review of Brett, of uh, Brett Michaels Rock of Love, that fucking or Rock Love bus. And then yeah, Skid Marks to say missed his girlfriend. I don't know what I was on. I I I said oh, no. Skid Marks, but I accidentally wrote so, Slod Marks. So yeah, after that scene, we now go to more ring work. Yeah, training, sparring. I wrote here for some. But reason. now it's a challenge of what courage. Yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> oh, oh, what's the challenge going to be? Courage. Uh, yeah. Oh, damn. You got that right. Here's a cookie. So I wrote here. I said, for some reason, I wrote Stone Cold comes in looking like Bruce Willis with those tennis shoes. And he's like, <laughs> meet me outside. So here we go. The idea is we're going to. I don't know if he says this, but he probably did. Just do it anyway. We're going to test your courage. You're going to you're going to face your fears, put on these body suits and get chased by these fucking canine unit dogs. I'm like, that's not bad. It's not bad. That sounds horrifying. What I gotta get in a big fat suit? You can barely move, and then all of a sudden you got this dog just gonna just jump on your ass. I'm like, well, the, the dog can't hurt me. So anyway, so I see, I'm like, I'm like, that was not scary. That sounds cool. Okay, so you 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 all remember how I said I named this episode Stone Cold Laughs? Here's why. I've got everybody in order. So first is the contestant AJ. He gets wrecked. Stone Cold Laughs. Ha ha. Michelle does even worse. Stone Cold Laughs. And says, I love those dogs. <laughs> Eva Lise gets owned. Stone Cold laughs. Eric's Eric next, he kicks ass. Now he goes up, he's like, You motherfucking dog, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna take me down. I'm scared of you. Yeah, you hear that? They're gonna make this. <laughs> the dog latches onto him, but he keeps going and he's actually the first to win. Yeah, he like just randomly just has the dog lifted up. And he just starts skipping away down. Christina gets destroyed. Stone Cold laughs. Mikkel gets taken down. Stone Cold is stoked. Matt gets destroyed. Luke makes it to the end. Stone Cold is pissed. Oh, yeah. Talking about Christina, I just wrote down, we see Christina, who I don't know. She, like, literally is like, where has this person been? Like, they don't exist on the show. I was having a hard time remembering her, too, honestly. I don't think she, this might be the first time we we might have actually seen her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then. Uh, uh, enough to take notes and go, who are you? How'd you get here? What? <laughs> Martin makes it to the end. Stone Cold is pissed. Ah. Then, uh, then Annie gets taken down, and I've never seen Stone Cold look so happy. Oh, wait. You talking about, like, Mikkel, dude? No, no, no. Uh, no, no. Mikkel gets... I wrote... I said, Mikkel gets taken down. Stone Cold is stoked. But then Matt gets destroyed. But then Luke makes it. Stone Cold's mad. Andy makes it. Stone Cold... Sorry. Martin makes it. Stone Cold's mad. And then, yeah, Andy gets I taken totally down. I totally forgot because Mikkel... Because, you know, Mr... You don't need to do much, but you got a whole lot of booty. You got a lot of booty. You got a lot of booty. And I was like, you're going to need like two dogs to take me down. And then he gets taken down by one dog. Yeah. And then Andy gets taken down. Stone Cold looks stoked. Big Rig. He goes, run, you son of a bitch. And you know, like Big Rig, like the total chat he is, he just sprints the whole thing. Even with the dog on him, he just doesn't stop. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Big Rig, yeah. Next is Skid Marks. He makes it to the end and he sees he goes, That one was for you, Bill. I was like, Yeah, Skid Martin makes it and he's like, I go out for you, General Rection. He's just like, I hate this guy. 
Rima, Rima next. Stone Cold whispers to Bill, she's going to get fucked up. <laughs> she's going to get fucked up. And she gets fucked up. Stone Cold laughs. Dude, she got like bit twice and yeah. some of her hair got like nibbed away. Yeah, that was but brutal. Hey, this is a challenge of courage. Yeah, it's courage, you guys. Courage. Stone Cold addresses them and says, this was about courage. <laughs> I can't, dude. Stone Cold addresses and says, this was about courage. Sometimes the fear of being hit is, the, is worse than being hit. Which is true, sure, but there's a difference between being hit in a controlled environment and then being bitten by a fucking dog. Anyway, next day, daily training. Erection notices that Rima's late by about two minutes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stone Cold comes in and basically... Oh, yeah, this is fucking Joe Rush. is like, hey, if you're on time, you're late. <laughs> what? That was so stupid. He was He's trying to come off like this hard-ass like drill instructor. He's like, being on time is late as far as I'm concerned, so don't even be late. It's like, you okay. don't sound cool. Okay. You sound like a dork. Okay, huge erection. <laughs> K-erection. Do you think K. he thought that was cool? I don't know. <laughs> but so, it's very fitting for this guy. So Stone Cold comes in, and he doesn't say this, but basically, basically, he basically says... Fuck you guys! You're gonna be in the corner and take five splashes and suplex, and then f- you're gonna take spl- a splash and five suplexes from Bill. Oh, did you mention that Booker T's not here today? Yeah, because he was filming SmackDown. Yeah, you know, because I guess he was still wrestling. Or was he the commentator at this time? Oh my God! Was we'll he Sucky Ducky in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Sucky sh- Ducky Quack Quack. <laughs> you like my Booker T? That's pretty funny. Uh, so, so now we got the five for flinching challenge. Oh, that's why it was called that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we have huge erection. He runs up. He splashes you in the corner. Not full on. He still works. He's still a worker. You would hope. And then he body slams you five times. And everyone tries to kiss him after it. They don't try to kiss him, but they do the they do they, like, they do the inherently uh, homoerotic uh, intense stare down. Yeah, like they get very close face to face. And it's like, are you guys going to kiss Dude, that's the one thing I think that would be hardest about being a professional wrestler is how much eye contact I would have to maintain with someone like that. Because like, yeah, when forehead to forehead, you're like, you're just like, I'm staring right in your eyes, bro. Yeah, bro. You want to go, bro? It's like, bro, you ever see every Triple H feud? It always comes to that. He always makes intense eye contact with you while he cuts his promo. And then he's always got to stare at you. Then you got to touch foreheads. It's like, bro. H, you got a big forehead and a big nose, and it's right in my retina right now. Yeah. Can you not? <laughs> yeah. Can you back up, please? Can you back up with that nose there, guy? Prolonged eye contact. So first is Mark. Oh, I need to go forehead for you. Hunter. I have to retire. Oh, Okay, that's not funny. You're right. I'm that's sorry. not funny. I like Triple H. Uh, He's pissed me off have, a lot. I have to ride a tricycle down to the ring at WrestleMania. I need to have Stephanie in leather. I never told this story on the podcast. I might have, but my dad hates that. My dad hates how the bikes that Triple H has come down with, especially the one where he had the match against... Who was that match he had against where... Where, where Stephanie ended up going through the table. Might have been Roman or something. I just know that he comes out with this big motorcycle and then you have uh, Stephanie on a smaller bike and my dad, who's had a few drinks, he's just like, what the hell is this? He looks like a pussy on that thing. He says something like that. So anyway. Oh, I don't look like a pussy. Uh, I am Triple H. 
The triple, it's not just for my initials. That's the, the triple H is the size of my penis. <laughs> so first up is, so first up is Martin and he takes it like, tell you something about my penis. It's like a bazooka. <laughs> I remember him like saying comments like that when he was feuding with Vince and Shane. <laughs> So they kind of go through everyone uh, with and, and and so after Martin, they go through everyone kind of quick. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember most people's names. So I just wrote they go through everyone until we get to Ivalice, who looks like in agony. And then anyway, here's Rima. I noted I noted Bill looked gassed. <laughs> and then I texted you. Bill looks really gassed. And you're like, yeah, this challenge is kind of stupid. It literally was like, wow, this is kind of a dumb challenge. What we got going on here? But no, James, it was about their courage. It's about their courage to have a huge erection come at you. It, there's a there's a time where uh, Mikkel takes a hit, and and uh, there's a talking head after he's wiping at his eyes. He says, "Bill came up and crushed me." No, you gotta do like a whole I, lot of booty. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it that voice. It's like. A lot of booty. Okay, so Bill came up and crushed me. My eyes filled up with water. Because his eyes are red. He's just rubbing at his Bill eyes. Water. I'm like, are you telling me Bill DeMott made him cry? Technically. I just so thought Raymond was a slug. Also, I want to talk about with all these people doing this challenge. We started getting God of War music playing in the background. Okay, I wrote that here too. It's just like, there's this big, epic... Like, I feel like I should be fighting fucking Zeus with this music. Not watching Bill DeMond squash helpless women. Yeah, we're hearing God of War music and watching Bill DeMond get gassed. Bill DeMond wishes he erection, was... bro. Bill DeMond wishes he was Kratos. So homie Big Rig takes it good, then Eric. And then I wrote here, epic choir music for no reason. This is the most, I wrote here, this is the most dominant he has ever looked in his entire life. Ah. St- and, and yes, and, and, and Stone Cold puts him over for no reason. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I want to thank Bill DeMont for, uh, for doing good work. And I'm like, Stone Cold, don't put over Bill DeMont, please. So Stratus, Stone, and Rex talk. Basically, I could sum it up like this. Trish likes Luke. Bill likes Luke. Bill thinks that uh, he sucks in training. Here's oh, the thing. I forgot to write that next person. So name. now, Shit. like, no, like Stone Cold for, is like, all right, let's go figure out who's the bottom three. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're pretty impressed with Luke. He is doing okay. Yes. Eric is bad at training. It was Eric, yeah. But he has some personality to him. And Stone Cold thinks he's got promise. All right, how about skin marks? Bill thinks, in quote, in his own words, he is a goof. He's a goof. Trish, uh, that's pretty much all they say. I mean, he he runs him down a bit, but yeah, he just thinks he's a goof. And how about Matt? Trish thinks Matt was a letdown. Bill thinks he was a letdown. And then Trish reiterates that he's a letdown. <laughs> I just wrote down he's a vanilla midget, but with the reiteration, he's kind of a letdown. Yeah, I think he's kind of a letdown. They all yeah. <laughs> I think he's kind of a letdown. He's kind of a letdown. <laughs> he is like he has the most talent. He's kind of a letdown. They they all agree Rima's tough and has guts, but they don't think she has the conditioning. Basically, I don't. I say that because it's like her. Is wait no, I think that line comes later. Okay, well, I'll, yeah. So the bottom three are gonna be Matt, Ryan, and Rima. So Matt skin marks and Rima. Yes. Sorry, Ryan is just skin marks to me. It's way more easier to remember. But Ryan's like a one-syllable name. But Skid Marks is rememberable for this very bland, blonde, long-haired lad. Fair. So, Matt is nervous. But he feels confident, though. Rima's nervous. And then Ryan, 
who I wrote, this is back at the house. I wrote, holy fuck, Mikkel is just roasting this dude's ass. He yep. literally is like, oh, yeah. He's like, you're not coming back tonight. Yeah, you're not coming back tonight. You're not ready. I don't know if he says that, but yeah, that's basically... It's like, why is Matt there? He's like the like the most talented out of all yeah, of us. Yeah, he's like the most talented one. This Ryan guy's booty. And like, freaking Matt's like, you know what? I think they're just doing it just to like scare because like the show that like, hey, no one's safe here on the... On the show. You know, it just hit me. I think uh, when we impersonate Mikkel, it's basically our Dylan impression, but if Dylan did speed. <laughs> oh my God. J- dad, Edward's dad thought I was like Zach Wild Jr. <laughs> Zach Wild Jr. Okay. Pull out of booty. So it's elimination time. He starts with Rima. Austin does. He asks her. He nope. asks all of them. Nope. Stone Cold talks about courage. <laughs> I forgot. Fuck. Yeah. How could you forget? This whole show is... It wasn't a meme at the time, because I didn't notice. I mean, I noticed. I was like, man, man, ah, courage. I'm like, okay, this... I I remember thinking to myself, this just feels like if WWE was, like, actually writing this show, because they like to repeat No, it's literally, when you mention it, it's like, yeah, courage. And you're like, this whole fucking show is them talking about courage. 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 So, he he asks all of them, but he starts with Rima. What does she see when she looks in the mirror? She says, I think people say Miss USA, and I am ready to prove them wrong. Matt I thought says, she said Miss USA. I, I thought that's what she said. That's what I think I so. I just wrote on Stone Cold asked what they see in the mirror, and Rima's like, Miss USA. I was like, I don't know, Miss USA, but tough. Matt says, I see potential. I did gymnastics at an early age, and this career just makes sense. It's the perfect marriage. I wrote down, just like Matt said, he did gymnastics. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're helping your case. What is this, here. the Young Bucks? And then he oh, asked, no, Matt's not even like crazy as the No, other. I know, I know. And then he asked Ryan, and then Ryan says, I see a strong, determined individual that shoots for the stars. And then Austin goes, You come you take all day to come up with that bullshit? Because I didn't buy it. <laughs> I'm like, that's so stone cold. You literally got a guy that's like, I'm strong and I am capable and I shoot for the stars and I can do this. And Stone Cold's no, just like, like bullshit. He's like did I take you all day to come with that bullshit? You know what you guys didn't say? A WWE superstar. It's like, fuck, dude. And I, then he reiterates to Matt that he's a disappointment to Trish. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it was. And then, and that Rima sucks, too, and rips her for being late. Yeah, but we know Rima sucks. Matt's literally is like, wow, you're good. You're kind of a disappointment here, guy. He asks, why were you late? Is it because you think you're the prettiest son bitch here? And then she's and so then, like, oh, no, I didn't ask. Uh, I didn't I didn't really uh, ask anyone to know what time we should uh, actually meet up and stuff. And, and he like points to his watch. He's like, you know what this is? It's like it's a watch. Time is fascinating to me. I don't like being late. It's physically impossible for me to be late. It makes me physically ill. He said something like that. Are you yeah. good? Are you good, Stone Cold? I'm like, since when the fuck was Stone Cold fascinated by the fabric of time? I guess he's very fast. I guess he doesn't like being late. So he then he lays. I guess in the Stone Cold r- would kick my ass. Maybe. Yeah, I was like, "What's this rocker time bullshit you're pulling here, James?" So then he, I was like, "Oh hey, so sorry, running late, get stunnered." So then he lays in the Ryan. He asks, "Do you just rub everyone the wrong way, or is build him out an asshole?" I'm like, "Well." That's a tricky question. Well, he's kind of an asshole. So then Stone Cold asks why he didn't tell Bill to take that Skidmark's nickname and tell him to shove it up his ass. Yeah. And Ryan yeah. and Skidmark says out of respect. And then Stone Cold looks offended. He then asks Matt to tell him why he should send Ryan home. 
Matt says it's not his true passion. He's not ready. And that he calls his girlfriend and cries. <sighs> to sum it up, Stone Cold says, Ryan, he says, you're too nice for this business. <laughs> like he's right, but I don't know, man. The show is trying really hard to get me to agree when Stone Cold puts forward these toxic work environments, but displays them as positive virtues. And I just can't. It's like last episode. He's like, I got two daughters. I didn't win father year fucking once because I was on the road. And I'm like, Am I supposed to find that inspirational? Yeah, you're kind of like making these people want to go home. <laughs> so then again, lays in the mat. His exact, were, his exact words were, you've been in this business nine years and you ain't established yourself as an alpha male. You should be establishing yourself as the alpha male. It's like, why not? And Matt says, I'm waiting for my moment. And Stone Cold says, he gets triggered. Oh, he does. He says, what if I wait for my moment? Bishop Man calls me up and says, I want you to be a ringmaster. Ringmaster sucked. I, <laughs> I'm like, can he say that? Well, he's stone cold. But still, like, he, he's like, ringmaster sucked. I knew that, but I got my foot in the door. I invented I invented Stone Cold Steve Austin. I started using four-letter words and flipping people off. If I hadn't went out on a limb, do you think anyone would have created Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. Okay, remember I told you before we filmed I had a rant? This This is where it is. Um. Okay, because I have a bone to pick with this. Hearing this made me remember things that he said, that Cena said, that McMahon has said, and other people too, like Triple H. But like, look, Stone Cold goes on this thing about how you need to seize your moment. It is a myth that in WWE, you can break free of the mold, prove yourself, and have a great lasting career. That is a lie. <laughs> you are under Vince McMahon's rule, his script, his writers. Your life is in their hands. You do not get the opportunity to go off script. Stone Cold Steve Austin, that 316 promo was luck. It was right place, right time. Right man at the right place, right time. It wasn't overnight. Oh, dude, that 316 promo was not overnight. As Same much thing. as he'll say it. Now, I don't know about the house shows, but you know what yeah. happened the next night on Raw? Nothing. Nothing. And Hulk Hogan is another example. That one gets a little nif a little iffy because he was poached from NWA. Hulk Hogan he is was poached iffy. from he was poached from the NWA. I was like, yeah, the AWA. Uh oh yeah, you're right. He was poached from yeah, that's right, because he was with um yeah. He was poached from the AWA, who he was hot there, and then he comes to WWF and then magic happens. Okay. But when John Cena says that, when Triple H says that, that is a lie because there is a well documented history of WWE and Vince McMahon putting the kibosh on acts and wrestlers that were getting over on their own because it wasn't part of the plan. I remember like Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder gets super over online. They don't give him anything and they just bury, 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 bury. They give him some things once in a while, but that's it. Daniel Bryan, they tried so hard to squash that yes movement until literally there were almost riots in the at, at the arenas. People wanting, we want Brian, and then they cave in, and then they give him the WrestleMania moment. So there is no brass ring. No, there is no reaching above the ceiling. There and is no can. seizing your moment. You can't, like you can't do it. Yeah, but you will be fighting. You have to just straight up fight. Yeah, there is none of that. John Cena gets to say that because he was always their last pick. 
because they wanted Lesnar. That didn't work out. They liked Batista, but he was a little older. And they liked Orton, but in his young career, he was unpredictable and unreliable. So they put him with Undertaker to learn some to to, to basically develop better. John Cena was literally their last pick. But again, you do what they tell you. You follow their script. You read their lines. Roman Reigns became a did not na- magically become better at promos. He they gave him better material. Was he able to come up with some of it? Sure. But when Stone Cold's going on this thing and like, I created Stone Cold Steve Austin, I went out on a limb. It's like, well, is that or Frosty McFreeze, bro? You got to remember the fucking naming (laughs) process. Stone Cold. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of fucking. Yeah. That's big. And it's not just okay. It's not just WWE. WWE is the worst offender and WWE has been so bad at it that even a company like Impact, who at their worst were awful, could look better by comparison. When you go to a wrestling company, sure, they might give you a free mic sometimes and they might tell you, hey, you know, you got 10, 20 minutes, but hey, the match is yours to uh, to choreograph. But but even in other companies, you have a boss, you have a job. And to a certain degree, you have an outline, you have structure, but when these WWE guys are always, and it's always the one, it's like Triple H married Stephanie McMahon. Triple H is a good wrestler, but when they try to hit, when they try to historically, when they try to rewrite history and be like, he's one of the greats of all time in ring, whatever. I'm like, no, no. What the fuck? Nah. And when John Cena's telling people, I seized the gra- the brass ring and I worked very hard. He did work very hard, but it's Homeboy because he became their chosen one. He literally was about to get fired till Stephanie noticed him doing rap battles. Yes, exactly. And then he had which, to do that bad rapping gimmick. Which again, like the 316 promo, right place, right time. That is the foundation of this business. And yeah, that's my rant. It really pees me when guys like Stone Cold and the them are The only like, person these days that goes and does his own thing and there's not much Vince can do is Pat McAfee. Yes. and Because Pat McAfee's rich. <laughs> he literally says some of the like shit that you're like, dude, how's that? Like Vince, <laughs> like Vince would be so bad, but you think Pat McAfee cares? Yeah. He's rich. Yeah, he's rich. What are you going to do? Fire me? Okay, cool. It's like, cool. I'll go back to my very successful podcast. Which he still does. Which he still does. He's a workhorse. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. That's my rant. It's just, it really bugs me when- Like anyone else is like, at this point, it's like, dude, you might as well just do whatever the fuck. I'm really over the whole, you got to seize your moment brass ring thing because it is a myth that you're going to be able to do that. They've got so many talented guys in NXT, WWE. Oh, not in NXT. Well, not anymore, but you know, because a lot of them are, but so they got a lot of talented guys on their main roster and like- there's so many people. You speak up. You say the wrong thing. You catch Vince McMahon on the on, on on a bad day, on a bad hour, and you're buried or fired because he doesn't like some little thing. And again, you know, I'm not trying to come off like a super anti WWE guy. These are the facts. These are documented facts of people that work there. So stop it, Stone Cold. <laughs> Don't tell me you can just seize your moment because you can't. Yeah, this is come on. This is like a different time period. Even then, Stone Cold left. Yeah. Yeah. Because why? He was upset with company direction and they wanted him to job out to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, don't tell me that. Anyway, there was a funny bit after this because then after he's done ranting, Matt asked permission to say something. (laughs) 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 And Stone Cold says, he's just, it's Stone Cold dies. It's permission. He like goes, what? And he goes, permission to say something. And then he goes, God damn. 
permission granted. And all Matt has to say is, I was like, is Matt supposed to just straight up fight you, Stone Cold? Like, you're making it seem like, yeah, if you want to do something, you just need to just start fucking fighting everyone here. And then he says, I just didn't, I just figured the time to be flashy would come. I didn't want to do that. Uh, I didn't want to do that right out the gate. And he says, well, it's too late now. He points at Rima. He sounds like an angry stepdad. Not a dad, a stepdad. Don't you ever be late. <laughs> And then, yeah, um, he tells Matt uh, he's the one that goes home. Uh, Matt, you're going home. There's not really even any like, big buildup. He just says it. Yeah, and he goes and grabs Matt's belt, and Matt's like trying to like, keep it away from him. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. You're and, trying to play keep away with Stone Cold right now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's and he's like, and he's like he, he's just like, he, he, he reiterates that he's a disappointment. And Matt's like, I could show you two or three right now that you've never seen before. And he said, it's too late. He said, I didn't miss my window, but you missed mine. It said, you didn't get a window of opportunity. It just happened. But yeah, you only had like the three minute match. Was he supposed to like, all right, time to do every nutty bullshit and have like Luke catch me. Yeah. Oh, no. How dare I? You know, Luke put get in some stuff, too. And then uh, and then it ends with Matt basically being like, I have no plan for tomorrow. This was my shot. And then he says, but I don't think you will ever. Uh, but I don't think this is the last anyone will see of me. Yeah, you're well, not wrong. As we said earlier, don't worry, everyone. Matt, a.k.a. Matt Cross here did just fine. He's doing just son fine. of havoc. He's been an ROH, MLW and NWA. And those are just the big ones. Those are just from his Wikipedia page. So he did all right. And then, yeah, Ryan and. uh um, Rima get to live another day. Yep. And that's our show. As I said, this whole show, when this I first show, this watched it, is pretty good. Like, no, for the first part, when it's just like, it's just training and talking about courage, an okay challenge. But literally, once we get to the part where Stone Cold is like at the bottom, talking to the bottom three, it's like, fuck, dude, this show is pretty entertaining. Is that just the best part of the fuck, dude? We should just only review that part. No, we need to know the context. <laughs> we want to know. Maybe that might make it funnier. Well, it makes it funny when we well, when we don't know the context. What's going on? Why is Stone Cold talking about his watch right now? <laughs> but yeah, another interesting. I episode, guess she everybody. was late, <laughs> Matt. And like, oh, I guess he's some itty flippy guy. Ryan's just a geek. He's a geek. I feel bad because everyone roasts him for basically being nice, but yeah, Ryan's a geek. All right, well. I guess we'll come back with episode three. Yes. Anything else you want to say or? Nah, we're good. All right, everyone. This Show's was a, over. This is the Triple D radio show with your host, James and Edward. I hope you all have a good one. That's all, folks.